You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about what you should be doing if your teams suck. Now, before we get into the episode, head on over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook and make sure you've joined that group. Join the uh, All-Star Coaches and Owners Facebook page as well if you are a coach or a coach and owner, and check out our website, nextgenowners.com, to learn more about how to join the academy and get business coaching. Now, before we get into the episode, I've also got to tell you, if your teams are struggling, you need to get to our conference in January uh, in San Diego. It's January 5th through the 7th. It's absolutely going to be amazing. There is business building courses, a lot of those. We've got some phenomenal coaches tracks talking about choreography, talking about stunting, talking about tumbling. Everything is going to be covered at this conference. You are going to leave with so much great information that you can go and implement within your gyms as soon as you get home. Now, let's get into this episode, what you should be doing if your team suck. Now, I have been here. You guys, I've, I've been here. Everyone has. Any coach who sits here and says they've never been in the position where their team is sucking is lying or the luckiest person in the world. Uh, there are always going to be bouts in time where your team just isn't getting it done. Now, your gauge on whether or not your team sucks might vary. So you might have very high expectations. So you leave a practice saying my team sucks because they dropped one stunt in one full out. Uh, Other coaches might leave and say, that was the best practice we've ever had. It all depends on where in your journey you are. But if your team is sucking and struggling, you really need to make some strategic moves to get them in the best possible place. So we're going to talk about some things to assess and what I think you should be doing if your team sucks and what I would be doing based off of my experience in the industry and coaching for the last 20 plus years. So first and foremost, you need to determine, did you set your team up for success? And I've talked about this in other episodes as well, but it starts from the beginning. Okay. Did you set your team up for success and are you building, did you build them appropriately from the beginning? And if the answer is no, meaning you did not level them appropriately or based off of the current circumstances, the stunts that you plan to build or the level that you plan to go is just not realistic, then you have to make the hard decision of should you make a change. And in a lot of situations, it might be the right move to make a change. Maybe you level down. Maybe you break a team apart and combine it with another team. There are a lot of reasons where I actually think that does make sense, not the least of which being sometimes financially it makes sense, right? Though your team sucks because it is a suck of time and money on your business and they're not going to be successful. And although you might lose one or two people, if you were to disband a team and combine it across two other teams, you might actually come out ahead in terms of what you are making in additional revenue because you're not splitting up what they're paying across so many different teams. If you haven't gone and figured out what that threshold is for your program, what your minimum number is to actually break even and be profitable, then you should be doing that. And that would be my advice from the business perspective. Now, 
If the team sucks and they were not set up successfully from the beginning, then you may need to look at leveling down. How do you approach that? Well, you have a really open and honest conversation with the parents, open and honest communication and letting them know why you want to make the change you want to make will go a long way. I have seen programs level down. I have seen programs, um, disband a team and combine it with combine it with another team. I've seen all of those things happen and we don't see mass exoduses typically. Now that saying, I have almost never leveled a team down. I don't do that in our program, partially because I believe we set our teams up for success from the beginning. We level them correctly and we make sure we put the right number of athletes on them to be financially successful. And we make sure we have the right split of athletes for them to be successful. So we do all that on the front end, but that doesn't mean that you are going to avoid the situation where your team might still be sucking. So if you've looked at the beginning and you said, okay, I've set them up for success. They were built correctly. They had the correct number of tumbling skills. They had the correct number of bases and flyers and backspots. We built all that right. That now takes me to step two, which is I need to look at myself. Okay. What am I doing as a coach? If my team is sucking, it is generally speaking a direct reflection of the coaching. There is a reason that the same coaches year over year, over year, over year, over year, see success. And it is because they are doing something right as coaches. Now, yes, they may be coming from a really lucky program. And have I seen really great coaches have tough years? Yes, I have. It does happen. But generally speaking, extreme ownership requires that we look at ourselves first and we say, where am I dropping the ball? Where am I messing up? And that could be a couple different things. So one, you need to look at the choreography and layout of your routine. Did you set your routine up in a manner that highlights your team's strengths? And I've talked about this in choreography before, but if your team is not the best stunters, then you don't want to be ending your routine with the hardest stunt sequence known to man. If your team is not the best tumblers, then you may want to front load those things. If your team is not the best dancers, then you don't want to highlight five different parts of everyone doing very unique things that require complex, very difficult movements that are very dancer based. You might want to go with a more motion formation visual dance because it's going to be easier to clean. If your team cannot execute good baskets, then you're going to want to find a way to go through that list of skills and say, what can they execute and score the highest? Or maybe they're not the greatest stunners. So you're going to have to pick your elites very strategically and pick which skills they're going to be performing. So you've got to approach those things with intentionality from a choreography perspective. It could simply be the layout of the routine that is causing your team to suck. Number two is it could be you as a coach in this circumstance are not coaching them effectively. If you are coming into your practices in a poor headspace, you don't have a plan, you don't know where you're trying to go, and you're just doing the again, 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 again method of coaching, then you are less likely to be getting the results that you want. So make sure that you have a diligent practice plan. I even would encourage you to create a checklist. These are all of the things that I should be accomplishing in a given week, or these are all of the elements of the routine. I want to make sure that we're practicing 
uh, in a microcosm, whether that be, I want to make sure that we're focused on our basket tosses. I want to make sure that we focus on hitting our stunts. I want to fo- make sure we focus on our pyramid. I want to make sure that we focus on our standing tumbling and our running tumbling and our jumps and our dance. And then I also want to make sure that we focus on cleaning and making sure transitions look clean because kids start taking new crazy paths and then your transitions look bad. We need to look at formations and and spacing. And you might need to do all of those things every single week. So I just listed off nine different things that you should be doing. And if you have a checklist and you can make sure, okay, yep, this practice, we checked off this, this practice, we checked off this. And some things you only need to do once a week and some things you need to do every single practice. So you're going to need to lay that out for where your team's biggest weaknesses are. And then you need to focus on those. You need to attack them diligently and aggressively to make change. Otherwise, you're just going to be getting the same result. You're just going to be trying the same thing over and over and over again, and you're not going to be getting the success that you need. As I explain this to my athletes, when I give them a metaphor, I say, look, you guys, right now I'm telling you what you need to change. I've explained to you what you need to change. We practiced what you need to change, and you just keep doing it the same way. You are the person standing in front of a door that says pull, and you are pushing as hard as you possibly can. And then you're looking back at me and going, coach, I can't open the door. And I'm telling you, pull on it and you're just pushing as hard as you can. So we got to eventually stop, take a breath and realize that pull means something different. And the same thing goes for us as a coach, right? If we just keep pushing on this door and we go, okay, well, they're, they're sucking because they aren't trying. Look, that does happen. There are days that your team are going to come in and they're going to have bad attitudes and they're going to not be putting in 100% effort. And that is absolutely a factor in their success. But more often than not, the kids are not coming in and not trying and not caring. They're just not understanding or not able to execute on that given day. And you need to coach them through that because they're going to get to competition and it's very unlikely that you're going to have every single athlete show up in the right headspace. Like, yes, they're generally going to show up in a better headspace, but kids are going to be sick. Kids are going to be tired. Those things are going to happen on competition days too. So you as a coach have to learn how to coach them through it and get them to where they need to be so they can execute in the moment in under that pressure scenario. So look at what you are doing. Are you making practice plans? Do you know what you want to accomplish? And do you know how to get there? And if you don't know how to do those things, then that takes me to number three. If your teams are sucking and you've placed the team correctly and you've tried changing your plan or you don't know how to make a plan, then number three, get help. Find someone out there who can come in and inject some energy into your program or look at things and say, Hey, you're doing this, this, and this incorrectly. I would change X, Y, and Z. Get some, solicit some outside advice. Now you can do this two different ways. One is you use friends, you use your network. Now you're going to get only so much from that. And there are a lot of people out there who will give you their advice, but they don't have any expertise. So be very careful taking the advice of people who have no proven track record of expertise, and they're not approaching things from an analytical perspective. You need I, I personally recommend finding professionals, people who have a track record of being able to put out a product and can actually give you actionable information to take forward. Now, there's a few of these out there. Some of them are going to, a lot of them are going to be paid for their time. Um, but there are a lot of coaches out there who will help you. They will come out to your gym and give you advice. There are some coaches out there that that's all they do is they travel and they coach. 
So finding those people, if you need recommendations, you're welcome to reach out to me. I can give you some suggestions. Obviously, we have two of our next-gen coaches who also do this, Jess and Adam Forte. They're fantastic. This is something that I have done for programs. I have people on my Dream Camp staff that can take care of this stuff for you as well. So there are resources out there. You just have to reach out and get them. And it really just depends on how desperate you are. They're all going to cost different things. So you got to figure out where it is that you need the most help and then find the person who can provide that for you and you can get the most value out of it. But don't be afraid to ask for help. That is a huge, huge step in when your teams are sucking. And maybe the asking for help is within your own program. And this can be really hard because you may be an owner or you may be that senior coach that has you know, something to lose in terms of reputation in your mind, right? That's all ego talking and ego is not a bad thing. You have to have a little bit of an ego to be a good coach because you got to believe that you know what you're doing, but that doesn't mean that you can't ask for advice, even from more junior people. It can be really frustrating, but I have a couple young coaches in my gym that are crushing it right now. Now, granted, they're crushing it with a level one team, and so it's not quite the same, but they still have good ideas. They set a whole expectation, and again, it's level one, but they made a little tracker that said, this is how many full outs. We're going to try and do 47 full outs before our showcase. Our showcase is this coming Saturday. And they accomplished it because they set the goal and they tracked them down and they had kids coming into practice being like, we are we doing, how many full outs are we going to do? We have to do 10 more. We've only got this many practices. Can we do this many full outs? And they were coming in with a goal to do full outs. Now, would I do 47 full outs in three weeks with my level six team? Nope. Um, I do not want that risk of injury, um, but I might do 25 or maybe, maybe 30, depending on how many practices I had, right? I'd set a realistic goal for that, but not so realistic that it's easy Two full outs before your showcase. So ask those people for ideas, get ideas from your entire staff. Just because someone's only been a coach for a year doesn't mean they may not have a really, really good idea and a really good way to help your teams get to a point where they are not sucking. So as you Look at these different approaches, and there's more. Um, you know, number four would be practice with intentionality. Number five would be continue to focus on your culture. Go back to that culture and focus on it. There are so many different things that you can be doing to improve your team that I really can't go into without doing a full 60, 70 minute episode to talk about all the different ways that you can correct your team's sucking. The last thing I would say is change your mindset, right? They may not be successful right now, but you as a coach signed up to get them to a point where they were successful. If being a coach of an amazing team was easy, then everyone would do it and everyone would be just crushing life. It's not an easy thing to do. And you're trying to motivate human beings, which is also really challenging. And on top of that, you're trying to motivate teenage human beings or adolescent human beings uh, or prepubescent human beings, which means they are even more irrational sometimes. There are pros and cons, right? Adults, they're already rooted in their ways. Teens are stubborn and they think they know everything, even, they, they, even though they don't. Those middle school kiddos, they're kind of mean to everyone. Your younger kids, they 
don't even know you're telling them to move their right arm and their left hand is off doing something weird. And you ask them why they're doing it. They look over, didn't even realize it was happening. Like you have all these different challenges with different age ranges and you have to get creative with it. So change your mindset and know that this is part of the journey. This is part of the process. And you guys, I'm telling you, I do this myself. I have to remind myself, yo, Dan, change your mindset. It's a part of the journey. Do you think that I don't turn around and do deep breaths during practices? I absolutely do. I actually refer back to uh, a thing in from the Bible, a passage from the Bible, and it talks about love. Um, and really, it's talking about, in if you're a Christian, it's talking about God, right? Love is patient. Love is all these different things. Um, and I, I go through it and I replace it all with myself. You know, I am kind, I am slow to anger. I am patient. I am these things. And I remind myself that that's what I want to strive to be. I want to be more, um, more Christ-like and I want to actually exhibit those behaviors. So do that, right? Take a deep breath, change your own mindset. It's okay to be passionate, but because you're passionate, you're more likely to get frustrated quickly. So just change your mindset. I think this is such a pointed episode. And and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it was I'm here right now. We, like I said, our showcase is on Saturday. Neither of my teams, my level four team and my level six team, neither one of them are ready. Um, and that's okay. Because if I look back on last year's showcase, that was November 21st, I would have said the same thing. They aren't ready. So now I think we're we're ready way sooner. We're more ready than we were at this time of year last year. So if we stay on this trajectory, we're much more likely to be really ready when we hit the competition mat in December, as long as we can have good attendance. So that we're on the right track. Um, and I have to keep reminding myself, you know, hey, Dan, it's October. That doesn't mean relax, but that just means it's okay. You don't need to sit up all night going, I am a failure. I'm not going to make it. I'm a horrible coach, right? Your team is going to go through struggles. If you follow the steps that I talked about, if your team is sucking and you analyze where they came from, you know, did they start correctly? You analyze what errors you're making as a coach and you create a plan to move forward. You solicit help and get help from other people. You change your mindset. You focus on your core values. The successes will come. And you will get there. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, check out the Let's Talk to Your podcast. I had an amazing interview with Jason uh, this last episode that we released. Uh, we had an absolute blast. I know it was a long one. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share this episode with someone you think needs to hear it, someone who is struggling in that coaching moment right now. You know, Share it with them. Help them have the information to pick themselves up and keep going. You are a good coach. You can be an even better coach and we need more great coaches out there. So keep doing what you're doing and growing and learning. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.